Hi, I'm David. And I'm Erin. And this is The Travel Bros. So in this episode, we have a good amount of stuff to talk about because Erin and I prepared a pretty long outline right before this. Um, we're still social distance, so I'm in my house, Aaron's at his, we're on a Zoom call, and we're pretty much just going to talk about things related to travel. So let's start off with the cruise industry. Carnival Cruise Lines, Norwegian Cruise Line, NCL, and Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, RCCL, hit an all hit all-time lows on their stock. Is that correct, Aaron, that they all hit all-time lows? They did hit all-time lows. Although, sorry, I'm just making sure. Although Carnival hit significantly lower than NCL and RCCL, um, I actually don't know why, Aaron, why did Carnival Cruise Line get hit much harder than Norwegian and Royal Caribbean? Well, actually, that is a good question. So Carnival, Royal Caribbean, and Norwegian both share one thing. And right now, that is, they both crashed when the coronavirus outbreak came because a lot of their ships could not sail, which definitely prevented them from gaining revenue, right? So Carnival, why Carnival is so special compared to RCCL and NCL is because Carnival, whenever they hit an all-time low, for example, they hit when the Costa Concordia sank, they, Carnival did uh, hit an all-time low because people didn't want to sail on Carnival. When Carnival owned Costa, they owned Costa Cruises and the Costa Concordia was part of Costa Cruises. So they hit an all-time low. And what happens when Carnival hits an all-time low is they actually go, their stock goes up rapidly afterwards. And they're able to balance it out much faster than Royal Caribbean and Norwegian are actually able to. And Norwegian and Royal Caribbean are slowly balanced their stock out compared to what Carnival does because, because Carnival comes up with intelligent ways to maximize their revenue even when there's a pandemic happening like now. Um, David, just moving to a slightly separate topic, but in other places, like how are they doing right now during their quarantine and their coronavirus experience, uh, their experiences around the world? Well, yeah, so I'll take Israel, for example. Israel is a country in the Middle East. Um, they have been doing a two-week quarantine for a while now, even before most countries have, like if you ask someone right now on the street, are you going to go out of town? They would say, of course not. But when most people would say, yeah, I'll go out of town, before corona got, coronavirus got hit hard, people in Israel weren't leaving because they knew that if they left, even for a couple hours outside of their country, and they needed to come back, they would have to have a two-week quarantine. So they were thinking, why would I leave my country for a couple days if I'm going to need to wait two weeks before I can get back into my own country? Um, I'm going to move on a little. Like South Korea, Israel, and China, they all battled the outbreak with much more success than the USA um, is battling it currently, although they're still battling it now. Um, the reason that they are battling it with so much more success, we know that they are, because their life is almost back to normal. It's not totally normal. They, they can't be with like a big crowd of people, but they can go back into public spaces and almost have life how it was before. Um, and I'll kind of go into detail, but Aaron will go into the most detail about why. It has something to do with um, their cellular privacy and how they gave their country permission to uh, track them, not in a weird way, but just, just to track them um, where they are and what they were doing where they are. Um, Aaron, can you elaborate on that a little bit about how the countries battled it so much better than we are battling it now? 
So yeah, as you said, the um, country of Israel, China, and South Korea, those countries have been tracking their citizens. Now the citizens don't necessarily have to give the country permission to track them. So in a way, the citizens could feel um, they could feel like they are take, being taken advantage of, although that's not how they should feel because it is for the greater good of their country. Now, it is, it's a very smart thing what those countries are doing because they're able to see using the citizen cellular data, they can see where they've been, if they've tested for coronavirus, if they've been tested positive for coronavirus, they can see exactly where they've been within the past couple weeks, who they've had in contact with, where they've gone and like which restaurants or public places they've even gone to, which is very helpful in tracking the virus and stop and st slowing the spread of it. Now, also one thing that we haven't been doing as well as those countries is mass testing. Now, it's something that we really need, but unfortunately in the United States, not a lot of people are able to get tested I know a lot of people who have applied for testing, but you can actually get declined to get tested. They can reject your submission to get tested. And it leaves a lot of people in a difficult situation because they can be like, should I go outside? Should I be with friends right now? I don't know if I've tested positive, stuff like that. So it, in the United States, it's more difficult to track the virus. Um, and also, we're less prepared for it than those countries because yeah. uh, if you, if any of y'all who are listening recall, um, Warner, I, I don't remember exactly when, but within the last couple of years, uh, the president has actually fired a large portion of the pandemic response team of the United States. And that has left us less prepared with less resources than the other countries. So, but David, I have a question. So, yeah. What for going uh, furthermore on the topic of how mass testing, how does mass testing differ in other cities? Like, is it easier to get tested in New York or Houston where we live? Or how do you think it would be easier for us to get tested in Houston or New York? Well, okay, so that's actually a really good question. So on there's two hands. So on one hand, I feel like it's going to be easier to get tested in Houston because there's way more cases of coronavirus in New York than in Houston. I'm just going to use New York and Houston. And so on one hand, you think, yeah, it's way easier to get tested here. But I don't know. They're giving New York a lot more uh, coronavirus tests than here because coronavirus has uh, significantly more cases. New York has significantly more cases of coronavirus. Um, and Aaron, like you said, it all goes back to mass testing, right? So like, if we had prepared for this a couple months ago, we being the United States of America, we wouldn't have been in this situation right now. We would have had this under our hands. However, the problem is we weren't prepared enough for a pandemic like COVID-19 to be happening right now. And therefore we don't have enough tests to be giving to everyone. And for that reason, we, so many people are worried, oh, do I have it? Like you said, oh, can I leave? Do I have coronavirus? Because the most dangerous and scary thing about this whole situation, isn't schools being canceled, isn't not being able to go on trips. The scariest part is that what if I'm giving it to people and I'm asymptomatic, which means what if I have no symptoms, I feel totally great, but I'm giving it to people. And that 
that really is the scariest thing. And it all goes back to mass testing. If we had only been prepared a couple months ago, we would have been fine. Aaron, what do you have to say? Well, I think that perfectly answered my question, but I have a second question that kind of goes in a different direction. But can te do you know if pets can test positive for COVID? Okay, that's a really good question. So as you guys might know, or as you should know, a couple days ago, a couple, it was like last week, I think, one of the tigers at a zoo in, Aaron, was it New York or New Jersey? I think it was, uh, no, it was the Bronx. It was the Bronx Zoo. It was the Bronx Zoo. So a tiger in the Bronx actually tested positive. So I know for a fact, or at least what I'm hearing or what people have been saying, but I know this for a fact, is that dogs cannot get coronavirus. And no one has really worried about animals getting coronavirus. That, that hasn't been our issue. The issue is humans getting it and getting sick and maybe passing away from the virus. That's what's really scared people. But the issue of animals getting it is becoming a concern after last week when one of the tigers at the Bronx Zoo tested positive for coronavirus. Now there's issues of community spread with animals, which, I mean, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny to think about that an animal, like who would have ever thought that this would be a serious issue in the, like with animals? Aaron, I mean, would you have ever thought that? Because I certainly wouldn't have. I mean, no, I would not have thought about that. But in a way, it makes sense how, you know, cats can actually get COVID. Because if you recall, um, there was another outbreak that came from China a while ago. I don't remember. I think it was from the early 2000s. And it was the SARS outbreak. SARS, and that actually came, they, I think they either suspected or know it came from some type of, um, some type of animal that was in the cat family. And uh, it was from some type of animal that came from the cat family. And they got the virus from that animal. And cats can actually get, and since cat, COVID and SARS are related to each other, they're both rhinoviruses. It makes sense how a cat can get SARS and also get COVID. And it's really interesting to me because it's funny how bats, bats have really good immune systems. They have a ton of viruses um, and diseases constantly, but they really don't express it. But it, it was thought that uh, coronavirus originally came from bats and but it's it, funny to think how they can actually have the same exact virus that we have, but they don't really get sick from it. Yeah, and it's something else. Like, if you were to get sick and, like, you have a runny nose, sore throat, those common things, and someone says, what is it? You'd probably say, oh, it's a virus. I got a cold, right? But the question is, how do you differentiate between, oh, it's a cold, and, oh, I have COVID-19. I mean, that's the scary thing. Um, so, I mean, everything. It's It's so much that we can't really say this all in a podcast but um guys we really thank you guys for listening please support us on patreon it's www.patreon.com slash uh slash the travel bros podcast no capital no spaces thank you guys so much aaron and i are going to upload another podcast on uh saturday or sunday of this weekend and please guys Aaron and I are also going to, we have a, our podcast host is Podbean, a very common podcast host, and we're going to upgrade our Podbean account soon, and it's going to give us a lot more things that we're able to do. So mm -hmm. just stay with us, guys, and thank you. Until next time, this is the Travel Bros.